Welcome to Mummy and Daddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. And kids are definitely creepy. Hello. Hello, Carol. Hi. How are you, Mummy? Ah, you know, I, you know, this whole quarantine thing. You love it? Just loving it. Loving it. No, I'm not. I'm really not. This week, it's just getting to me. It's just so uh, Groundhog Day, which is one of my favorite movies. But... But never because it was... The uh, reality you wanted, right. you were hoping for, that you could relive the same day over and over and over again for thousands of years. Well, what I would like in Groundhog Day is to get really, really good at stuff like he does, like playing the piano and mm-hmm. um, tossing cards into a hat on the bed. Skills. Um, <laughs> I, Undeniable skills. I've always loved that he... That that part in the movie where he just like takes up a bunch of hobbies, uh, that is not how our quarantine is going. Um, no, that, I do not have time for any hobbies. Everybody's quarantine is different. Everybody's having different different experiences, and I cannot complain about our situation. We're very very lucky, but um, I think we all have challenges. <laughs> that we're facing no matter what it's just a it's a wild time and it's it's hard how are you doing um yeah i mean i've yeah i haven't thrown any cards in any hats but i have picked up the like three pokemon cards our kids have countless Mm. times and tried to find any place for them to live other than the trash (laughs) (laughs) and uh, also a weird war card game that mm. I that they're fascinated by, but n- neither of them, well, they certainly can't use it together, but they love to open it up because there's little like monster pictures mm. and little superhero kids on the cards. Okay. And I've picked that up a bunch of times off the floor because they usually just take it out, mm. whip it onto the ground. Sounds like I know what uh, Father's Day present you're getting. It's a hat. <laughs> it's a hat to throw those cards in is there any better hat to throw cards into than a top hat or is that the top card receptacle? that's why it's called the top hat <laughs> it reached the top of the card receptacle ladder so fast <laughs> that it became synonymous yep. with being the top hat yeah because i guess any hat could put on be put on the top of your head that's could, obvious could if you so choose right but so that doesn't distinguish any hat from right. being a top hat. Right. Okay. Yeah. That tracks. <laughs> I think you all kind of understand where we're at here uh-huh. in the quarantine. Let's <laughs> take seven of that conversation. <laughs> um, uh, how am I doing? I don't know. Doing fine. I'm just trying to figure out where I am on the spectrum of 
wanting to see friends and not being a total asshole and ruining it for everyone else. I think that's kind of the hardest part where Mm. we've tried to have some like socially, we have a front yard so we can have people outside. We have, we've had no more than let's say like two people at a time in our front yard with us, with the kids inside for very short times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is supposed to be pretty minimal risk, but it is still a, it's a, it's a challenging thing. I think especially being feeling a little bit um, under the microscope and that's completely in my head, but like from neighbors and stuff, I, I feel like kind of just mm-hmm. the fact that we only have a front yard right, to sort of be on display almost as yeah. if we're f- kind of flaunting it or yeah. something. I, yeah, I felt that too. It is a weird trapping of having a front yard only um and like using the kiddie pool out in the front yard like it's just weirdly exposed and I've never really been comfortable with that um but luckily we are in a we're in a very chill and low-key neighborhood but yeah I mean yeah, you got to let that go because like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is what it is. And you also had, I mean, a nice silver lining thing from this. Mm-hmm. As you said, this past weekend, you feel like we're using our space better than we ever have. Yes. And so that's been, that has been nice. Like we finally, we wheeled out the charcoal grill mm-hmm. for the first time on Memorial Day. Probably since the kids have been born. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. Yeah. So four years ago we once grilled <laughs> well, we used to grill pizza a lot yeah that's a fun thing we'll share a recipe for the instructions yeah. for grilling pizza on a charcoal grill i know you can do it on a gas grill too but we will share our uh, our method uh, that we haven't done in a long time but we we will again yeah these it's things proof and really fun all you new parents out there the things you used to do you will do again you can at least you will if you want to it's not it's those first couple years are really hard. I think we are kind of surfacing still from the first two years with two. And I think things like that, we notice that like we're coming back to things and we're we're able to do things um, that just you didn't have the bandwidth or the energy for before. So that's been good. You've been making lots of ice cream. I, I mean, have been. Yeah, Josh is an ice cream maker. I don't know if we've really talked about that on the show. I guess not. Um, yeah, but it is It is like m- my favorite hobby, I think. Like it, pure. that's a pure hobby. Right. Besides hat, uh, card tossing yeah, and hat. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, soon. Mm-hmm. That's coming. That's 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just dive in feet first here. Yeah. You gotta uh, prepare. One must simply, but I enjoy making ice cream. I've made lots of flavors. I kind of have like a sort of, I guess, sort of a wheelhouse that I like to operate within for those things. I don't like to get too crazy, but I like to make delicious ice cream. That's kind of my goal. But it's been fun. It's a really fun thing to share. Fun thing to drop off for neighbors. It's been a fun thing for new parents. Where I used to have a thing where I like to do someone give me an ingredient and I will make you a flavor and I give you back half. So like mm-hmm. that started when our friend Haley gave us a bag of just the marshmallows from Lucky Charms that were from like an Amish market. So I made Lucky Charms ice cream. This charming man. This charming man. This charming man. 
and it was like a St. Patrick's Day, yes, um, flavor, cereal milk, ice cream. That's right. right. Yeah. I ultimately, yeah, I use frosted Cheerios mm-hmm. for that to make that if you're curious, because right. I ultimately did need the cereal part of the Lucky Charms, but it's great to have those already separated. I, and then I gave Haley a pint back. Now, obviously, that's a lot harder to do because you don't see people, but it has been fun to just make folks a flavor and give them one or all of, like, usually a, a recipe makes two pints. You either keep one or you just give it all to that person depending on the situation um just did tiramisu ice cream did a very good orange ice cream with some almond meringue in it yeah it's been fun try to try to mess around how do we get their hobbies love them josh has them i don't (laughs) (laughs) that's right any of carol's Mm. hobby time is taken up by writing which is uh, just a great hobby great unpaid hobby um for now yeah, I, I don't I don't know when like hobbies truly come into play, but it has this is all um this all kind of gets towards like some of that getting back to normal, like getting out of the fog of two kids and grilling and stuff, even kind of plays into how we got to the movies. Uh, totally. Yeah. Let's get to it. Let's get to this movie cuz it was a good one. Um it was a fun one. We went to the drive-in theater the mission tiki drive-in theater in montclair montclair california so we went there on mother's day it was a surprise that josh had in store for me and that was so so lovely i like teared up a little bit actually when the movie started because it was just so great (laughs) the last time i'd been to the movies was the day before they shut down theaters and it was it even felt felt so weird and risky and strange at the time but um i had a friend in town visiting and we went and um even though i don't go to the theater as much as i want to and how much i used to before kids um i did manage to like sneak into the theater right but you know like it probably was last time anybody could have gone maybe that next day that was still open but then it closed um did you see well we saw first cow ah yeah and it was a great movie (laughs) (laughs) kelly reichardt um it was a fun one uh very sad actually never mind um not fun (laughs) it was it was touching and um Nothing like this movie. So we so we went to the drive-in. Um, Josh had arranged for my sister to come over and be here while the kids were asleep. And that's been really great, too, to have um, almost co-quarantining with my sister, who doesn't have any kids and lives alone and doesn't really see anybody. So we feel like it's a safe thing to do. But we, we still have some distance from her when she's here and um, she wears her mask even yeah the kids and that's yeah but it was it was really great to just get out of the house because we hadn't done that was the first time we did that so it was like a first date night of quarantine and um it was a sunday night so it wasn't that busy there brought some dinner brought a bottle of wine even though they say not to that's right and we watched this movie 
afterwards found out that this movie had its like informal premiere at the Mission Tiki on May 1st when it was released. Um, oh, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. And since then, for like three weeks, it's been the number one box office movie in America. Granted, it's like, I think less than 200. Six screens. <laughs> I think it's like 59 theaters. Wow. Yeah. That, that's pretty good. I mean, just mm-hmm. the fact that that's averaging more than one per state and it's May. Mm-hmm. Right? Like not even the height of summer. Yeah. And it's just been this enormous boost to this low budget horror movie that wasn't probably going to get really watched until it was on streaming for free. And um, and the two brothers that made it are like so thrilled, obviously. <laughs> that this, It's their second movie. And the first one was back in 2011. It was just like a zombie comedy movie. So it's their first like serious movie. And they're like all over variety and entertainment weekly. You know, like what yeah, a what a like crazy new, leap. New hot kids in town. Yeah. And I'm so happy for them because it's a solid movie. Like it's not a crappy low budget horror movie. For sure. Like when we were going over I was taking some notes during this while we were watching it in the hopes that we might do it for the podcast. We didn't really know anything about it going into it. So I was also trying to just enjoy our date night, but you know, in my notes, I'd written something about how like mid, you know, mid movie, how it was reminding me a lot of, of a lot of things, but felt like it was a little bit, maybe it like, it didn't know quite what it wanted to be. But I think the entire time watching it, I felt the need to say, what would they have done with even a little bit more money? Right. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was like they really put it all out there. And in that way, some of the sort of hodgepodge reference or nods to other great fun movies mm-hmm. throughout, you know, is a little bit there's like some rear window moments. There was some like as there was some like I couldn't quite place it, but some sort of more like comedic zombie moments. I was thinking of that movie Fido or mm-hmm. like Shaun of the Dead thing. Mm-hmm. Um I about sort of like the domestic domesticating mm. monsters or something. Anyway, like there's just some cool, there are some like great bits to the whole thing. And yeah, it's kept thinking like, Oh, if you're like an executive, certainly you go, Oh, the two brothers who made the wretched, that's the <laughs> title of our movie. Um, <laughs> let's give them a hundred million dollars or, you know, $30 million to, totally. make, to make a high budget version of this. Cause yeah. Well, or just a better, a different movie. Yeah, uh, not. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah, not yeah. to make this, not to remake their movie, but clearly they have vision and tried to make the yeah. best movie they could with what they have. And they, I thought it was, thought it was good. Yeah, we'll get to that later, I guess. Yeah, and there are a bunch of reasons why it actually turned out to be a very timely movie to watch right now and on Mother's Day. So let's recap the movie. I went to the internet movie database for a plot summary for this film. Oh, they're still open or they they reopen. They're open, but there's new um, stricter uh, regulations than even the CDC put out. Mm, Oh, wow. So, okay. So I put my mask on and I went to the database, but I had just been to rottentomatoes.com and I read a plot summary there and I was like, you know what? Maybe I should read that plot summary. However, when I did look in the database, 
mm-hmm. went through the files. The catacombs. There is one summary, and <gasps> it is written by Brett Pierce, one of the directors. <laughs> oh, Brett Pierce, what do you think your movie's about? Oh, it's so, so heartwarming because... That is the, that's the level of this movie. Like they weren't expecting anyone to really to see, see it. it. And so they went onto the database, they put the summary up. Like that's good little low budget directors. Good job. You should have had an alias, but this is still yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe he does. Pierce Bretman. Maybe he's a I don't know. God, I can't think of any of our faves' names, but oh, I wish. Yeah, um, I really I should know. write them down. You should Scott Bronfman from yeah. San Paulo, <laughs> Sao Paulo, Brazil. <laughs> All right, here we go. A defiant teenage boy struggling with his parents' imminent divorce faces off with a thousand-year-old witch who is living beneath the skin of and posing as the woman next door. So that is very pithy. Very, and I would say. Had it been in a list of summaries, I may have passed it over because it didn't really get to the, a lot of the key points. But in general, for a log line, sure. Not a summary. Not a summary, but a log line. Yeah. That's exactly. So, yeah. There's still plenty of mystery there. You haven't given away right. the whole bag, which again, Brett Pierce inclined to do. He wants you to pull up into that drive-in theater. Totally. So I am going to read the one from Rotten Tomatoes just in case there are people listening who didn't watch it and are fine with spoilers for some reason and just want to know what we're talking about. We're happy to tell you. Mm-hmm. Okay, here is the one from Rotten Tomatoes. Following his parents' separation, a rebellious teenage boy, Ben, is sent to live with his father for the summer and work at the local marina in order to gain some form of discipline. The idyllic tourist town offers little solace for him, however, as he is forced to deal with the local privileged teens and his father's new girlfriend. Ben's problems grow increasingly disturbing when he makes a chilling discovery about the family renting the house next door. A malevolent spirit from the woods has taken hold of the parents and starts playing a sinister game of house, preying upon the children and wiping away any trace of their existence. Ben's suspicions of the supernatural horrors go unheeded, and he launches a perilous crusade in order to put an end to the skinwalking witch's reign of terror. So yeah, that's wow. That's more, but I just because people may have not had the chance to see this, you know, just sure gives it a little bit more. Did we say that it is available to rent that you yeah, can? If I you, told I told everybody. We told I, you on social media, certainly. Uh, but in case you want to pause here and go rent it, you can. You don't have to have a drive-in theater. Yeah, it's. I think it's like seven bucks on uh, Amazon Prime and YouTube. Great. Yeah. I, Which is a little pricey for a rental, but it's the number one box office hit of the summer. Support the box offices of America. Give Amazon a little. Oh, God. Um, Please, no. Just, I don't know. Give it to Google. Don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they have it up for rental. Um, it, is a, it is a fun movie, totally by the numbers, but they, like, each each scare is super well earned and like the characters are great. like i i wouldn't i really wouldn't do much to this movie honestly like it was just a fun it's not the scariest movie you're ever going to see but there's a twist at the end mm-hmm. um so really pause now if you don't want to hear about this movie it is but it is uh we were saying kind of like a good entry point if you know someone who's not great with horror 
Mm-hmm. There is some gruesome stuff in it, but a little bit. But there's not much in the way, and there is there is some brief nudity, so maybe I don't show it to like Ooh. kiddos. But like, it's pretty it's pretty mellow on scares, and like if we rated yeah. this on a scarometer, it would probably be fairly low. <laughs> yeah, just a few uh, ghoulish laughs, probably no rattling chains, no wolves howling yeah. at the moon. Um, and, we should but, probably work on that as a soundboard item. Yeah, we have no spooky sounds in the soundboard. You would oh think it'd be gosh. full of haunted um, mansions sounds yes. from our Disney uh, record. Creaky doors, no. Creaky chairs, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. It's good. It's like a fun. Has an adventurous spirit to the whole thing. Feels very nostalgic. Yeah. You know, kind of uh, childlike. Yeah. So the first. Oh, wait, can I say something oh. about the Rotten Tomatoes thing? Mm-hmm. Did it not read a little bit like someone took Mad Libs really seriously and just <laughs> tried to fit their their best adverbs and adjectives in into it? Like, yeah, well, you're just used to the focus. bargain basement of the <laughs> Internet movie database. I like how Spartan they are. That's probably my favorite part about mm. them. That's why I read them Ghost for Spartans. fun. That's what it means. Ghost Spartans. So, okay. In the in the very beginning, there's like a, there's a little prologue with the witch doing her thing in the 80s. And I liked that. But then the I think the first really scary thing that happens is um, the witch. So the witch takes over the body of the, the mom next door. Actually, it's probably not the first scary thing. But anyway. My heart was really racing because you know that this witch eats kids and there's a baby next door with this couple. Like they have this, they have a a, a little boy and then like a baby. That's right. Yeah. And so, the, you know, the witch is in the house, you know, that she's coming for that baby. There's a whole monitor sequence. That's great. Yes. Love it when you can use the monitor to great effect because it is just a creepy device. Yeah, because it's like looking at film negatives that are moving. It's yeah. horrifying. Although, side note, our friend who just had a baby, I, she she had a picture of her monitor. Mm-hmm. It's crisp and clear. Like, I feel like they've really just... Oh, sure. That makes sense. <laughs> I don't know if she just, like, got the better model, but I was like, oh, wow, this just looks like a video. Like, it just looks like your iPhone, <laughs> you know? It's like 1080p. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyway. not ours. Yeah. Ours is the creepy, like, paranormal activity one. Um, yeah, Shout there's like a white noise and just, yeah, it's creepy. So, you know, the witch is coming for that baby. The mom comes to check on the baby and the baby is not in the crib. And oh, look at this baby. She don't know what's going on. <laughs> and I don't know, my stomach was like dropping. I was like, what kind of movie is this? Oh, my God. Because even though we like these movies and kids are creepy and we, you know, it's still just like that. No, no. Is this a movie where babies get eaten on? You know, I don't know. Right. And oh, yeah. I mean, that is especially when you know nothing about the. And it's called The Wretched. The artwork is really gnarly. It's mm-hmm. kind of a bad sell for the movie. Mm-hmm. You use the word Spielbergy to describe this mm-hmm. movie off the air. And mm-hmm. that is the kind of poster. It needs like a Goonies poster. It does. Yeah. And they. Yeah. At the end of that Rotten Tomatoes thing, they compare it to Goonies. It is very just like lighthearted in some ways and fun. Um, but we hadn't watched the trailer. I always advise people not to watch the trailer 
if you just get it on a good recommendation. But right after the mom sees the empty crib, she gets like pulled under the crib herself. Right. Yes. And that's when the witch goes into her body. And it was like the perfect like second beat of that scare. And then you I've just felt like, okay, I'm in good hands. Like this isn't this yes. isn't like just a shocker. Um there are scary parts of it, but yeah, it was just really fun and um There was a and, point to every scare. There's almost a plot angle to every to all of those things rather yeah, than it was a good movie. that it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that it that it wasn't they weren't empty calories or scares for the sake of scares, which happens a lot mm-hmm. with every horror movie. We talked about last week or last time around how that can sometimes be I sometimes wish there were more like in Sinister. I wish they had kind of just gone more like scares by the pound so that it was scary. But with this one, it was nice again with kids with babies involved to have each thing advances the plot and a great device in the idea that when the witch takes someone, you don't ever, you don't remember that they exist. You're Mm -hmm. glamored into like that. They never exist in the first place. No one knows a baby is missing. No one, none of the right. parents are mourning the loss of a child. You're not feeling the weight of that for this entire movie. They've simply been, those pages are removed. It made it a lot easier to watch, mm-hmm. a lot more fun, and is just like a, it is like a clever and, you know, believable in a supernatural way idea yeah, it's, for this. It's much more like a scary fairy tale than just a scary creature movie. Right. And especially it being set in like summer vacation time. Right. Where like so, if yeah. like a seven-year-old got nabbed, mm-hmm. if they were in school, someone would be like, well, what happened to Henry? Right. When it's, you know, everyone's on vacation or isn't even old enough to be in school, nobody notices. Right. And nobody asks. Yeah. So yeah, for those two reasons, watching this on Mother's Day was really funny because as lucky as we are to be parents and as um wonderful honestly especially this time with the kids i'd say 90 percent is just lovely the whole concept of just you revert back to how you were as a person before you had kids is it was hilarious and it was really i've thought about it a lot during this time because um you know, we have a lot of friends who don't have kids and, and what they're doing with this time. And um, I had just talked to a friend who doesn't have kids and she was like, I don't know how you're holding up with two kids. And my first first thought was like, oh, I'm so glad I have these two kids to like kind of ground me right now. And, mm. and I have the focus because I think I would be a lot I'd probably just be more unhinged about the whole thing. You know, I don't have time to read all the news, which I think is helpful. And I don't, um, you know, just they're a buoy. They're a total like joy machine most of the time. So even probably like zapping some of your energy during the day to make sure you're tired enough to hopefully fall asleep is a helpful thing if well, you're. Yeah. Although I happen to have, I've had insomnia a lot this quarantine and I think it is just because my, my mind is like not, it's used to working at a pace of, you know, commercial production, which is 
nonstop. And it's long, long days. Yeah. So even if you're just like getting up super early and going to bed at a reasonable time, Mm -hmm. it's a long time to just be on and going and standing. Yeah. But at least with the having insomnia now, it's not like I have to get up and go do that stuff. So, um, and you're also not staying up till four in the morning, like binging shows because you can't sleep where Mm -hmm. I think that would be a thing I could see. Yeah. That's where I could see just like it getting very easily off track without kids. Yeah. Um, Can we do a quick, uh, sidebar interview with a vampirant? Sure. I was wondering if this happened and you were magically without children and without without mourning or any other dark feelings associated with it, if this exact scenario yeah. happened to you, what would you do? What would be the first thing you would you think you would do? Because I guess it's also you in this scenario you're probably a little bit on autopilot. Like, are we in this vacation lake town or are we in quarantine? Ooh, good question. We're in quarantine. We're just oh. we're just here. Uh, I would just be like watching more movies and shows, I guess. Okay. What about the lake house? I'd be intoxicated a lot and on that boat, probably. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking I yeah. would try to find mushrooms. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just drugs, basically. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I mean, you just, it's hard to even kind of go back to that way of thinking because it changes you. But I I would have finished the two books I'm reading and probably read a bunch more, you know, just really just consuming media. And I probably would have gotten the same amount of writing done. So that's kind of nice to know. Um. But how about you? What would you? You just mushrooms, right? Just Got it. Okay. So that's if was, what. <laughs> uh, if no, if it was me here at home to answer my own question, it would be. It well, I would probably, um, spread out a little bit. I'd work in different rooms of the house, and uh oh, and would just yeah, certainly, I'd be working off hours. I think I'd be. Hmm. Staying up later, sleeping in later, and working like an 11 to 8 kind of a thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, the other yeah the other part of why The Wretched was such a fun movie to watch now is because we are heading into summer and it was set in this vacation town. And it really just had me thinking about summer and mm. like it did kind of whisk you away. But I was I was really... You know, I think we're all kind of at the point where we're getting some wanderlust and we're, if not, maybe months before you were feeling this already if you had a trip planned. But man, I just keep thinking about like the next camping trip, especially because the last time we went camping was in Big Bear and we went on a boat. So that's right. I was thinking about that. Yeah. I look forward to campsites opening up soon. Yeah. I just checked again yesterday there. Yeah. Still very much closed. As we all know bathrooms and this dives right into our drive-in experience or dovetails with our nicely with our drive-in experience that's clearly the biggest the hardest part about any of that stuff opening up i don't know how i'd feel about using facilities at a campsite whereas like everything else about it is kind of naturally 
socially distanced and quite safe. And same thing with even going to the drive-in. I ultimately spoiled my own surprise, which is not my favorite thing to do. I hate spoiling surprises, but I tipped my hand earlier in the day because I was starting to freak out that you'd freak out, you know, Mm -hmm. that it would just be, you'd be like, oh, well, we're going to be gone for three hours. What if I have to use the restroom? What Mm -hmm. if I have to? I have a large bladder. If we haven't talked about that on the show before. Um, So it's literally never a concern for me to be near a bathroom. And so I had like kind of our to go pack of like, I brought some disinfecting wipes. I I brought gloves for both of us and our masks and all that stuff. When I thought when I was packing, thinking it was just gonna be a surprise. But then I was like, well, Carol should be allowed to make her own decisions for the first time that we go out into Mm. the world. But yeah, I, I do really hope that there's either more research into how we get this stuff from bathrooms and yeah, just some stuff starting to safely reopen for summertime. Like we are travelers. We were just looking back at pictures from 2010. So before we had children, but the amount that we were on the move was like, yeah, every couple staggering. months. Yeah. yeah. And with our jobs, we often travel too. So that's rough, but it's not forever. And you know, we've been trying to make it feel like summer here and doing fun things on the weekend, like, you know, getting out the pool, you know, just doing fun summery things. Um, Lots of outside play. You've been great mm-hmm. about making sure that the boyos get outside a lot. And um, and that's where ice cream comes into the picture, too. And we went on our first nature walk mm-hmm. recently too that was that was also really helpful to just feel like we can appreciate change of the seasons watching the sunset that's nice when we do that right right just little things so yeah some of the parenting things in this movie uh because again we are up against the nap time clock friends so we will not um shilly shally we will not shilly shally nary Shout out to episode one, Pet Cemetery. Mm, yes. To the original deadheads and mumsters <laughs> out there. Mumsters and sons. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, yeah, the biggest thing uh, was that our hero, Ben, who's very, like, young James Dean-esque, I think he was really either trying to do an impression or he might have a great acting career ahead of him. I'm not sure. Exciting. Um he had that kind of like cool, tough guy facade going on that I thought was great for his character. Um, so the main thing is that he is, a you know, a pawn in a parental separation. And Josh and I both had feelings about those scenes with his parents and um, just the whole idea of like going for the summer to stay with one parent. Um I never did a whole summer, but my, so my parents were separated when I was in like first grade and then got divorced later on when I was in high school. But my dad moved away when I was, gosh, I don't know, 12, something like that. He stayed in the area for a while, but then he moved away. So my sisters spent a summer with him. He lived in Lee, Massachusetts. So they, they were both working at Tanglewood, if anybody familiar with the it's concert to think I might have run into them the night I stayed out way 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 past my 
unspoken curfew at a <laughs> Bob Dylan and Ani DeFranco concert. That's wonderful. Tanglewood. Good for you. Thank you so much. My dad said that they like just canceled their summer event calendar. Like it was Jeez like a Louise. week ago. I'm like, Christ. Um, Day one of quarantine. Congratulations, <laughs> Tanglewood. Good holding out there. But um, I guess it's like a completely outdoor music thing. So whatever. But still. Good on you. Got to cancel. Um, anyway, I would go do the, like, the visiting thing for at least a little bit. And I was saying how I was lucky that my dad was kind of like the dad in this movie where he wasn't really trying to compete for affection or um, like the main, you know, place. Right. Because my mom. Trying to convince you that this was home. Right. Or that all the fun toys are here kind of right. thing. Probably to a fault in the other direction, but it was still fun and it still was like a different thing. And I always felt very like okay with it, you know, like mm-hmm. it made sense. It feels like in this movie, Ben is not okay with his parents' separation. And by the end of it, it looks like they're going to be back on track to get back together. So he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and he's had some acting out. Like he had some, substance abuse with pills that's mentioned um oh yeah he broke into like his neighbor's house that's right and stole pills right this all supports your james dean argument very well too Mm -hmm. that it is like rooted in family trauma drama yeah um trauma (laughs) and so it was a interesting setup for this whole thing and 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 we talk a lot about like believing either your spouse or your kid when they're talking about something totally (laughs) supernatural and especially if you've had substance abuse problems. I mean, that's like, man, number one reason not to start down the illegal drug path is just people are not going to believe you when the witches and the ghosts and the (laughs) goblins come out. They're just going to. the goblins come for you. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm not trying to victim blame, but I'm just saying. It is your fault. (laughs) Your parents are divorced. (laughs) Um, at the very, very end, it it's uh, revealed that Ben, too, is a victim of this witch and he had come there with his little brother, Nathan, and and, and had his memory wiped away by this, um, which I thought was so great because I really didn't see that coming. I guess I should have, but I was all totally along for the ride. I was just completely I was not I didn't have that like, well, the movie was good enough where I wasn't like trying to outsmart it, um, which a lot of times as soon as I get thrown off by a scary movie, I'm immediately like picking it apart and being like, well, here's the midpoint and here's, you know, like here's another, uh, you know, just like yeah. turning really formulaic. Yeah trying, to just, yeah, yeah. trying to cut it down rather than just mm-hmm. enjoying it. Where yeah. It was just fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was just fun. You know, that was a very believable relationship between the dad and the, the son. And yeah. And even he, his own acting out and the dad's, kind of you know later sort of like extreme responses to some of his son's stuff because we started out we were both like that's a good dad right mm-hmm. like he was it was about bringing him into his world rather than right. trying to create a world that was that solely existed for the son mm-hmm. but like in a positive way mm-hmm. like here's a job here's what we do here's a bike so you can get around have fun with your friends blah blah yeah. blah. i want to introduce you to my girlfriend we'll get into that but like mm-hmm. even that but then like and his acting out again also very natural in that relationship ben's acting out i'm mm-hmm. saying 
it just felt very believable mm-hmm. that entire time. And so then even when the dad kind of freaks out at him missing dinner with the girlfriend, it's totally warranted to yeah. be, even though he like hits a wall or something like that. I, I don't remember what it was. It kind of felt like, ee, like sort of, ag- you know, like aggressive or I was trying to imagine being the girlfriend in mm-hmm. that scenario. But again, it is like, if you've probably been at the end of your tether with this, Mr. Tuttle, uh, <laughs> shout out episode 16, the other, um, that it's very easy to get to that place again when they are doing things that make you feel like, oh, you're backsliding mm-hmm. into dangerous behavior too. And I don't have anything else to give you, you know, mm-hmm. that is scary. And I, I, I can't imagine. I hope that never happens. No. For a variety of reasons. Oh, but there, there's clearly se- like some separate parenting going on, though, because he still does live in two different worlds between the dad and the mom, which you can feel the dynamic already. And whether that's my own preconceived notions or, or not, anytime the mom called, it really felt like she was trying to do like a, the best friend mom thing and more just be like. How's it going up there? Do you like meet anybody? And like the big thing to me besides the is like when she says like, well, don't forget about me while you're up there, Mm -hmm. which is like obviously a cute wink once you know the whole thing that happens with the witch, but like is a very common thing when parents, divorced parents' egos get damaged. Well, that, yeah. And that was like a theme throughout the whole movie, just trying to yeah just like using kids as bargaining chips and like trying to win their affection or whatever it is just like trying to get things from children and and treating them like pawns and like the witch being kind of like the furthest extreme of that Mm, um it was it was cool it was um a good device it carried through yeah, totally. Because even the the neighbor mom, Nancy, who is ultimately like possessed by the witch, like are, we're introduced to her as like cool mom. She's hiking with her son wearing like a misfit shirt or something. Mm-hmm. But the first thing is like, are we lost? We're not lost. They're obviously lost. And she says she cops to it, but says like, don't tell your dad and I'll let you DJ on the way home. Mm-hmm. And that like that scene to me was me like just like such a clean example of bargaining with your kid and the double-edged sword of like also let's lie to our parents like kind of um co-signing on white lies Mm -hmm. which is like a dangerous path but i think also really hard to avoid like something that i think like that that part is easier to avoid but the bargaining piece of it to me i think is still challenging because there's all even just with like two kids at at two and four it's very easy. It's a fine line between cause and effect and just threatening your kid, mm, right? It's yep. like, okay, if you throw that toy, I have to take it away. And that's just that's just the facts, right? Like, hey, I can't let you be dangerous or whatever, yada, yada. Like, if you do that, I have to do this to keep you safe or whatever. But then it can really be a slippery slope into like, well... If you throw your food, I can't let no that's not a that's not a good example, but like if you hit your brother again, I we can't do fun things. 
you know, stuff mm. like that, where it's like, we can't do X, Y, or Z because you did this. And I think like our kids are getting old enough now where there are times where I'm like, okay, you just like lost a privilege. Like you, we were going to do something and you, whatever, you know, I try to be as like emotionally um, open to let them express all their feelings. But like, I feel like Wu is getting to the age where like he knows more. You know, he knows more about what's going on. Yeah. And what, what needs to happen. And, you know, there's yeah, just, like and then there's just that things level that like, of responsibility that comes mm-hmm. with that understanding, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost, it's getting to that point of like, you know better is the, yeah, like we've been, we've been through, through this, this and, you know, and he, and he does. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. The, the thing in this movie with, with the, kind of pitting the parents against each other like that it's such a weird power struggle and it's always very weird to me when i hear that sort of thing either in real life or in a movie where you know don't tell this parent that we did this you know it's like it's asserting the other person as like the the disciplinarian the disciplinarian or the decision maker or the person in charge and it's it's really not how we've been, which is so great. Um, and I'm sure it's maybe just not that uncommon because people aren't thinking about it. I don't know. Well, and I think it is, it gets to the way like a lot of other people were raised, but I think also the way they think of themselves. Like this is where it, it it's almost a self-esteem issue too, I think for some parents where it's like you want to be seen as sort of in league and with the kid and friends with the kid. Mm. And so don't tell your mom, I gave you this Oreo mm-hmm. becomes like we're my mom doesn't have a problem with me eating Oreos though. So it's okay. Yeah. yeah. She said that she <laughs> does that. Like, Oh yeah. Your mom's, <laughs> I don't know how to turn that into a mom joke. I wish I was so ready. With um, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. told, yeah, if we told grandmom that you'd been eating Oreos all day, if if I gave Wu an Oreo and said, don't tell mom that I gave you this, that is me trying to be like conspiratorial and be his buddy. Right. And I think that, and that, yeah, like it's a great point that it does, it obstructs that relationship in two ways because it says like I can get different answers from different parents, right. but it also does put you in that example on a different level yeah as decision maker as the one who's supposed to like actually be the keeper of oreos oreos right as you are mm-hmm. um as as i make you call me here at the... yes keeper of the oreos <laughs> yeah your mom doesn't mind you eating oreos <laughs> because she has entrusted this power and responsibility <laughs> to you that goes back generations stewards of oreos from times beyond reckoning uh so anyway it's a it's a strange it's a tough we all know it's tough and boy does quarantine not make it tougher it like to not say like reward bad behavior with treats or whatever else like to try to get a little space to be like Mm -hmm. oh another tantrum let me turn on paw patrol Mm -hmm. right where then they draw the line between if I just 
let loose for long enough, I get mm-hmm. screen time. Oh yeah. Where no. like to be able to just throw any kind of like piece of foil between that laser and its target yeah. is a crucial it feels like it's like such a crucial thing, but is it's so challenging to kind of think of all the angles in well, between. It is, as far as like going to both parents for different answers, I I feel like you and I are really on the same page a lot of the time. Like we are in sync and we talk about, you know, our stances on certain things and um we always And we record them. <laughs> so that the children can listen to them and know that's right and of course if you guys want to follow us on patreon you can subscribe you know <laughs> our home recordings of where we that are different than this where we assert and agree upon all of our parenting tactics yeah well i just mean we we aren't going to give a different answer but it doesn't mean he doesn't try Wu tries all the time yeah goes to each to either of us thinking that it's going to be different. And that's fascinating to me because it's also with a near shot. Our house is not that big. So I'm like, oh, you really just like turned on your heel and went to Josh to go get that question re-answered. Mm-hmm. And I have to remember that it's not like it's not a power thing. He's just trying to get what he wants. Oh, exactly. So it's like he's just thinking, well, maybe maybe I'll get a different answer. Um, and because sometimes he may, mm-hmm. which is and has and, and it, I'll hear it and be like, no, <laughs> <laughs> which but it should. I mean, I think for for parents, it shouldn't set up. It shouldn't set off like alarm bells that I mean, it doesn't mean you need to possibly if it's a thing that could be repeated, something you need to talk about. But it isn't something that's inherently wrong because it's very hard to be mm-hmm. constantly on the same page about the same stuff, especially right. say yeah. with things like treats like food treats where it's like mm-hmm. maybe don't know that you gave them something at snack time and then it's like right. oh yeah sure you could have a bite of this thing i don't like where mm-hmm. if you're like oh no i already told them no more chocolate today right that's right. An, a, a much but like to know that that is not an affront to the power it is more the conspiratorial tone of like when a parent chooses to make it about like mm-hmm. th- their specific independent bond with like parent and child as opposed to essentially a mistake, you know, right. Or Mm -hmm. like, or a difference of opinion. You're right. If you're just like, Oh, that's fine. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. That's a, that warrants a conversation, but it has, Mm -hmm. it's a different thing. Um, I, there's one other thing I did want to talk about. There's like a scene in this movie I wanted to mention. There's a scene where the child walks in the bathroom Mm -hmm. and there is a naked witch mother right in there right his mother his own mother Mm -hmm. they're very comfortable with their nakedness together our Mm -hmm. kids walk in and out of the bathroom as they please we've only got the one it's the way it's gonna be i don't know for how long uh yeah it's gonna we'll know i think i think yeah exactly i think it knows i just don't know what that line is um do you remember ever seeing your parents naked definitely not my dad I was really too little. I have a very, I have very few memories of my early childhood. So I definitely don't remember that. And I don't think that that probably even happened. Um, I remember like seeing him in his underwear and being really confused about like, where did even, you get that? Like even what the shape was, you know, just like, I didn't know. Oh. I, rem- I had a, I have a memory of that. Um, 
And my mom, mm, not really. No, not really. Yeah. Like vaguely, but nothing like specific, you know, like where I was like, oh, yeah, she was naked at that time, you know, like. Right. And then just in general, our family's not that like we just weren't like that, you know, <laughs> we weren't like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just know that some families are more naked with each other. Yeah, and, it's true. I yeah. think so. Ours were also were not either, though. I do remember like. Even in instance in my youth, like going skinny dipping mm. one time as a as a family, mm. like where we mm. were all. In. So that's the way they're really. Oh my god, that needs to <laughs> yeah, be yeah, a you button. Can, yeah, you can just. <laughs> so that's how it is in their family. Um, I don't really know what my point was for asking that. I was just wanted to know. Well, we do have some some scary good stuff. Oh, we sure do. Yeah. Um. Like we said, we're trying to make it uh, fun and summery while staying at home. And um, Josh made popsicles with the kids uh, a little while ago. We I have bet. A great recipe, but also popsicle molds. You're going to need those. You got to have them. It's pretty crucial. Uh, you could, of course, do just like toothpicks in an ice cube tray. If you're going to do that, make sure you put like Yuck. aluminum foil Trash. or... Saran wrap, plastic Disgusting. wrap over the top to put those Absolutely toothpicks in so they heinous. don't fall over. Yeah, they're boring and they're messy. Um, also, most popsicle molds are trash. Ours are trash. They It looks great. It looks like a very, I guess, kind of high tech set. It looks very like efficient in a way. Mm-hmm. Makes 10 popsicles. Each one has its own like plastic sleeve that it can come out of. That turns out they're just impossible to get out of the holder. Well, I also learned you you have to wait quite a while for them to loosen up. And then by that point, your popsicle's drippy. Exactly. Like super drippy. Mm-hmm. And of course, like that's what we're dealing with. And they're straight up frustrating. It's not makes it not fun. And it makes you see them in the freezer and go like, I would give these to the kids, but like it's going to be a whole ordeal and then a mess. Mm-hmm. And like that sounds miserable. So we're deferring to the good people of Wirecutter for their pick which we'll share a link to and we'll even give them some cred are these zoku round pop molds um they're specifically they're not particularly huge popsicles which i think is a they even make the point that like the portion size Mm. is like suitable for kids because i think it's hard for kids to finish like a giant yeah like whatever that is like two or three inch wide pops basically a Mm -hmm. double popsicle is what most popsicle molds are and um but these are also there's they're round they're silicone so you can actually just peel the sleeve of it off and they have reusable sticks as opposed to the wooden popsicle sticks like Mm. you we have to use for these ones and i know anytime i've used it which has only been twice i think i've looked at and gone where am i going to get more popsicle sticks that are like food grade i don't know is that a thing I don't think so i have some craft ones for the kids okay point being these zoku ones they look just right i believe i'll be getting them it's like a four pack and making popsicles is super easy it's usually just a combination i mean you can just do fruit ones we've done them usually as sort of like some kind of creamy like an ice cream fruit pop or mm-hmm. the, the ones that made that were super easy was just yogurt and fruit and you can use fresh or frozen incredibly easy kids love them oh and these have hand guards on them there's also an option to order them directly from the website of the company rather than amazon which we've been trying very hard to do in light of their treatment of workers 
um, during this time in the insane profit margins of Jeff Bezos. So, Alexa, remind us to um, <laughs> order that straight from Wirecutter Things or whatever. All right. <laughs> the only other thing we'll share it in the show notes. We've been getting that kiddie pool ready for those kiddos. Mm-hmm. 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 The new rat kings of the pandemic, besides Jeff Bezos, are, of course, Clorox, the makers of bleach, <laughs> sold out everywhere. But they have a guide on their website for how to disinfect a kiddie pool. It's usually, it's really about microbes in the water. But Isn't like, it always? It seems like a good thing to do. It's like a few tablespoons of bleach, but they have a whole thing depending on the dimensions of your own particular mm. pool. And so we'll share that and recommend throwing a tarp underneath that pool for the longevity of the pool and protecting your kiddos' bums in that water because sometimes there can be sticky and prickly things that are still poking up through the bottoms of those thin kiddie pool bits. Um, That's our scary good stuff, and it's how we're keeping things summary, plus tiki cocktails for the parents. And it's been going pretty gosh darn smoothly as far as that's concerned. It's just May yet, though, so... Not summer at all, some say. It's as if this isn't as hot as it will get, or even as light out as late as it will get. That's for next time. Okay, so let's rate this movie. Sure. Josh, how many fake flowers out of 10 do you give this movie? Oh, um, boy, I give it seven fake flowers. Hmm. Yeah, I thought it was very enjoyable. And I think I would like it under any circumstances. It gets a 9 out of 10 for the drive-in experience. Yes, especially I think it was my first drive-in experience. I think. I have a really bad memory, but I don't think I've ever been to one. I'd remember. By the way, this place, four screens. You listen to the audio through your radio dial, and it sounds fantastic. Yeah, we actually went back uh, last weekend and saw The Vast of Night, which is a fun 50s UFO movie that's also streaming. Um, But it was a kind of ideal drive-in movie. Yep, totally. How how about you? How many uh, fake flowers out of 10 do you give it? I will give it seven and a half because I think I liked it more than you. And yeah, it was just really solid. I... I'm happy for those brothers. I'm happy that this happened to this movie because it feels like it would have gotten buried and uh, now they might have like a real career as filmmakers. It's totally true. I look forward to that. Yeah. How, let's see, I guess you have to ask me about the kids. I have a question for you. Hmm. I'm curious how you'd rate the children of this film. I wanted to know how many um how many times would you sign the cast (laughs) how many signature how many cast signatures would you give the children of this movie out of five cast signatures and you're talking about the teenagers like the main characters or like the little kids all anyone any minors in the movie are part of your rating so I'm talking about Ben. Right. I'm talking about his love interest. I'm talking about the dickish rich kids. I'm talking about the baby who is taken. And the kid next door. And I'm talking about Ben. And I said him already, whoever the kid's name is, Derek or something. Uh, Nathan. No, wait, that's the his little brother. Um, I will give them 
I really liked Ben. I thought everybody else was just okay. So I guess like six and a half. Out of five. All oh, right. I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> uh like 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 three. Like they're they were they were good. They just weren't like memorable except for Ben. Fair. I like what they were trying to do with his his uh friend, I should know her name. Um with like his coworker slash love interest. I liked what they were trying to do there. And I loved that she was Asian American because that's super rare and it felt like a really good choice Um, because it matters and I'm glad they did that. I know. I know. She was good. She was good. She was good. It was more. Her acting was good. The character. I was just like, all right. Um, But it's probably actually really Mallory Mallory for that age. It's probably like really dead on. <laughs> nice. How about you? You're right. I just agree with you because I'm a. Oh, how can I say this? I'm just like a solid partner, you know. <laughs> uh, pretty unimpeachable in that respect. Um, yeah, I thought the same thing that um, Mallory was a good. I, I like her. I hope she does more stuff. I she reminded so me of uh, the two broke girls girl who's in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was just a good, oh, was it was Liam, the little kid. No. Yeah. Dylan. Dylan. That's what, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I thought he was fine. I, I think a three out of five is right on. They were, they were solid. Got the job done. Nobody blowing minds. Um, but I, I could see all of these youngsters going on to, more stuff Mm -hmm. well that's it for us don't be a creep get in touch go to mummyxdeady.com and see all the show notes from today's episode you can email us at mummyxdeady at gmail.com we're on twitter and facebook at mummyxdeady we are on instagram at mummyxdeadypod you can leave us a voicemail 818-839-1991 if you like what you hear please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, you have nothing better to do. But the best thing you could do is tell a friend. Please. And thank you. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spaulding is a cold beer on a party boat at sunset. <laughs> Bye. Uh, sweet vermouth rocks with a twist, please. For you, miss? The same. That's my favorite drink. Mine, too. It always makes me think of Rome, the way the sun hits the buildings in the afternoon. Well, what should we drink to? To the groundhog. I always drink to world peace. <laughs>